This is a Kindling Kids podcast. We're the fact detectives, and we're friends of some of the coolest grown-ups around. They know all the cool facts about everything. In this episode, we're going to unwrap some facts. Huh? Let me help you out, fact detectives. Hi, Candice. We're going to find out all about mummies that come from ancient Egypt. Candice studies archaeology at the Chow Chak Wen Museum. That's right. Archaeology is the study of the past using the objects people have left behind. This might be your everyday pots and plates or the remains of big buildings. Ooh. Are you ready to find out some cool facts about mummies? Yes. That's one. I have a mummy, but the mummy in the museum doesn't look like my mummy. Oh, I hope not. You're right, though. The words sound the same, but they have very different meanings. You might have seen a movie like Night at the Museum. Yeah, I've seen that. Okay, so in the film, you'll remember seeing a body wrapped up in bandages. That's a mummy. In ancient Egypt, when somebody died, they believed it was important to preserve the body. And to do this, they used chemicals and special ingredients like salt and resin. And then wrapped the body up in lots of single strips of material. Just like the bandages we use today. The mummies you can see at the museums these days are the mummies of ancient Egyptian people and animals from over 2,000 years ago. Far out! The word mummy actually comes from a word in Arabic, which is the language spoken in Egypt today. The word is mumia, and it's the name for the resin-like material used to make a mummy. Fact two! Why were people mummified? In ancient Egypt, people chose to be mummified after they died because they believed that preserving the body was an important part of making a way to the afterlife. What's an afterlife? Lots of different people and religions around the world believe that after you die, there is a next life, like heaven or paradise. And in ancient Egypt, they called this afterlife the Aru, which was an eternal paradise where they lived forever. But getting there was really tricky. A person's soul had to overcome many dangers and their mummy bandages or their coffin or even their tomb would be covered in spells to help them defeat these obstacles. Like what? Well, there were spells to defeat animals like snakes, crocodiles, and cockroaches that might harm them. There was a spell to make sure they didn't get turned upside down. And even a spell to make sure they didn't eat their own poo. Ew, gross! The final test to make sure they got into the afterlife was called the judgment. And in this, their heart would be weighed against a feather. And if they had been good in their life, their heart would be light and they would be welcomed by the gods. But if they'd been bad in their life, their heart would be heavy and their soul would be eaten by a crocodile-headed beast called Amit, the Devourer, and they would cease to exist. That sounds pretty scary. Fact three! What about the animals? You said animals were mummified too. Yes, they were. People mummified lots of different types of animals sacred to the many different gods the ancient Egyptians believed controlled the universe. How did the animals get mummified? Well, animals were mummified in a similar way to people, using salt and resin on the body. 
and then lots of bandages to create an animal mummy, kind of like a wrapped up parcel. There was a lot of thought that went into the process because they really cared about their animals. Some animals, like an ibis bird, might be given their favourite food, snails, in their bellies or in their beaks so that they would have food forever in their afterlife. Aww, that's sweet. At the museum, we don't unwrap the mummies. We respect them and keep them safe so that we can share what we know about them and ancient Egyptian culture with scientists and kids just like you. Cool. So what food would you take, Dexter? Definitely cupcakes and pesto pasta. So how do you know what's inside a mummy if you don't unwrap it, Candice? Well, if you break an arm and the doctor needs to see your bone inside your body, they're going to use an X-ray or a CT scan. So scientists do the same. Cool. They use X-rays and CT scans to look through the mummy's bandages. And inside, they've found that the animal mummy packages were sometimes a complete animal or sometimes only part of an animal like a wing or even two animals. At our museum, we have one animal mummy package with two baby birds inside of it. Fact four. Which animals did they choose and why? In ancient Egyptian beliefs, different animals were sacred to the different gods. And so mummified animals were a way to please the gods and ask them for their help. For instance, the ibis bird was sacred to the god Thoth, who was the god of wisdom and writing. Oh, wow. Ibises are definitely not sacred where I live. Yeah, we often call them bin chickens here in Sydney. But they had a very important place in ancient Egyptian culture. And cats were also sacred, especially to the goddess Bastet, who was a ferocious and friendly protector, especially for mums. Cool! Crocodiles were sacred to the god Sobek, who was a powerful but also unpredictable god of chaos. He represented the dangers and ferocious crocodiles that lived in the Nile River. Ooh, scary! People would go to special temples that were dedicated to the individual gods and ask for help. They would ask the priest there in charge to mummify a sacred animal in the hope that those gods would protect them or help them in their lives. And so if you needed wisdom, you could make an offering to the god Thoth. But if you needed protection, you could dedicate a mummified cat to Bastet. Ah, I get it. And mummified animals weren't the only way to ask for the gods' help. People left lots of different types of offerings at these temples or in their own tombs to praise the gods. The offerings could be a special sculpture or amulets, which were symbols of protection and good luck, or pictures of the gods with different phrases written in hieroglyphs, the ancient Egyptian writing, that praised the gods to make sure they liked you and helped you. Fact 5! Do we still mummify animals or people? No, mummification and all these ideas and beliefs from ancient Egypt were really special to that particular time and place. Remember, these things all happened over 2,000 years ago. That's ages! That's right. And over the thousands of years since, people have changed their ideas about mummies and mummification. So we don't mummify animals or gift them to the gods anymore. But modern scientists and biologists have different ways that they might preserve animals to study them. In the museum, you can see some animals that have been preserved either lifelike, called taxidermy, 
or in jars with special chemicals to make sure that scientists can learn everything they can about lots of different animals. If these things happened so long ago, why do we study them? Studying the ancient past is really important as it can teach us about all the different things that make us human. Learning about ancient Egyptian cultures and beliefs, as well as many other cultures around the world, teaches us about the different ways we all, no matter where we come from or when we lived, tackle the same questions. Sometimes we learn things that happened so long ago weren't that different to today. And archaeologists like me try to work out why some things stay the same and why some things change a lot. I love studying the past because I get to learn lots about different people and cultures and at the same time, I get to know that we're all connected. Try this at home. The ancient Egyptians drew many pictures of the gods with human bodies and animal heads. If you were to make up a picture of an ancient Egyptian god, which animal would you choose? Hmm, let me think. And can you try drawing one? Another fun thing to do could be to try and make your own time capsule. This is a special box that tells the future about yourself. So you need to collect a few special things that mean something to you and your family. It could be a photograph, a letter, or a special toy, or even a rock that's just really cool that you picked up. Just don't put any food in there. That'd be gross. And what you do is you put all these things in a cardboard box, tape it up, with a note about yourself and what things were like in 2021. And then you've got two options. You can either put it in the back of a cupboard with a note that says, do not open until April 2031, or you could even bury it in your backyard for someone to dig up in the long distant future. Sounds fun. This has been another super fun episode of The Fact Detectives with me, Annika, and me, Dexter. Big thanks to Candace Richards, who studies archaeology at the Chow Chak Wing Museum in Sydney. If you love finding out the facts as much as we do, then check out a brand new Fact Detective episode every fortnight. To listen, download the Kindling app and subscribe to Kindling Premium. And if you have a big topic you would like us to investigate, then get in touch at factdetectives at kindling.com.au. 